We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Las Vegas Summer League is back. And Chet Holmgren with the round the two-handed flush. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition as the Thunder beat the Sacramento Kings at the Las Vegas Summer League 86-80. to I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my guy, Kami Armarabian, with me. I'm here. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you have not had a chance yet, I'd like to highly encourage you guys to go to DailyThunder.com. Check out the Summer League notebook that J.D. Silva and I have posted over the past few days during our time out in Vegas. It was a blast. I thought we got some really good notes. Had a, had a great time. So shout out to all of you guys who have read that. If you haven't yet, I'd highly encourage you to go do so. And like I mentioned, this is a post-game show after the Thunder beat the Sacramento Kings 86-80. to Come here. I think the first thing of note from this game is we found out pregame, uh, maybe about 30 minutes before, that Josh Giddy's summer league experience has concluded, yep. uh, I think probably for his career. And Trey Mann's too, right? Yeah, I don't think Trey Mann will play anymore <laughs> after rolling his ankle. They only have two games left in Vegas, even if it's not a bad ankle roll. I don't think he'll play. Um, did you expect Giddy to play two games in Vegas? I didn't um, expect him to play the last game. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. He, I, I thought, he alluded to it in uh, in Salt Lake City. Yeah, uh, I, I found it kind of funny that when they got to Vegas, like the first thing Josh Giddy did that morning was went on NBA Today with Malika Andrews mm. and basically said, if I can play, I want to play. And then he played. I, I, I thought he might play that first one in Vegas. Him playing the second one really surprised me, though. Yeah, I was I was very surprised he played that last game. I thought maybe you get one out of Vegas, but definitely not the second one. So I was very surprised because again, he alluded to not playing um in Vegas in Salt Lake City and he alluded to it kind of again after the first game in uh Las Vegas. Yeah. So Probably his last game in summer league in his career. We'll see him there next year sitting courtside hanging out with the guys, but uh, pretty overall, I think a good summer league experience for Josh. I'm glad to see that they uh, they got to try to build some chemistry. You mentioned it, so so let's hop into it right now. Trey Mann tonight, uh, fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, 
drives in, steps awkwardly on his foot, rolls his ankle, rolled around in pain for a little bit. His summer league experience also done. Yep. It was nice, though. We've talked a lot about just the struggles that Trey Mann has had, not only in this year's summer league in Vegas and in Utah, but last year in summer league as well, just did not finish well. I feel like he kind of broke out of that shell tonight, so it kind of sucks to see him go down when that was happening. Yeah, I felt like his first half was really, really, really great. It was, uh, it, he looked, he looked really good. Probably the best we've seen him in a minute. And of course, he's going up against like twenty-five-year-olds trying to make a roster, not in Pakistan. So I mean, like <laughs> he was hooping. Um, but like his second half felt like a like a total heat check for the most part, and then when he finally is trying to get downhill, maybe to get a foul call or something like that. Um, or oh, I can't remember, I can't remember the play. Um, but he definitely was uh, limping off, not limping, but trying to distance himself from the court because the ball was at the basket, right? Yeah. And the ball's still playing. There, he was just laying there. there. Yeah. He was, there was like this scrum of Thunder players and King, a King player that got the rebound. And so, yeah, he'll, he'll be done. But I feel like his second half was really kind of like a heat check. There's a lot of bad plays from him in the second half, but I hope his injury is not severe obviously definitely totally agree it felt like he was kind of in a rhythm in the first half was finding good shots was moving the ball i mean he ended with 15 points uh six seven rebounds six. and seven assists yeah. which was really nice to see with josh out he primarily took over playmaking duties tonight and i like you mentioned i thought that first half he really chose his spots well and then second half he he pushed the envelope a little bit. It felt like he really wanted to to really get in a flow there. And that might get to your next point in that it kind of proves, especially at these early stages and in summer league, that Chet needs a little bit of facilitation for his offensive skills because Josh Giddy brought a lot of those out. Of course, Chet missed a couple of chances, um, but Trey Mann finding his own shot instead of Josh Giddy, who's a pass-first guy and willing to get Chet those uh, those looks and those shots. It felt like Chet was not effective on the offensive end tonight uh, because he wasn't really given much of a chance, if that makes a lot of sense. Of course, Sacramento was switching everything. And uh, he just didn't feel like... It felt like he didn't get really much of a chance to do things. Um, but when he was given the chance, with exception to the couple turnovers in the first half... Uh, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah. It, he didn't get set up. Right. I, and yeah. that, that's essentially what you're getting to the, the setups for Chet, the, the, you know, little passes right at the rim for quick dunks just weren't there tonight. Um, yeah, just the vision those... of passing gets the slamming at Trey has to work on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chet Holmgren three of eight. So, I mean, it's not like woefully inefficient. He was one of two from the yeah. three point line, uh, only took two free throws tonight. I do think we saw a little bit of a different style of offensive performance from Chet tonight, uh, both A, in his ability to put the ball on the ground and drive to the rim. You mentioned there yeah. were some turnovers early, but there were a few really nice looks. One was... The ball in his hands. He took one a, dribble and went to the rim. Yeah, he dunked, he dunked one in the fourth quarter. He had an inbound steal on Keegan Murray and had a dunk. And maybe his most impressive play of the night, early on in the third quarter... Chet out on the perimeter, ball in his hands, puts it on the floor, gets by his man, and then throws like a wraparound pass to the corner for a Trey Man three. Yep. I, I thought him putting the ball on the floor, 
and then also his passing. Chet ended with how many assists tonight? Uh, only three. three assists. Yeah. But I thought his passing was very impressive. But yeah, he. I mean, like it, his stat sheet tonight is a Draymond Green stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, he filled it. He uh, he wasn't. You know, it wasn't sixteen and ten. It wasn't obviously twenty three, six and seven. It wasn't twelve and ten or whatever. It was like eight five three three or eight five three three, three assists, two five re- like five that. steals. Uh, no blocks. Robbed which, of two blocks. Yeah, complete bullshit. I'm sorry. One of the one I could see one of them, but the other one was like everybody, even the woman that called him a uh, what was she calling him home? No, it was uh, it was Greg Anthony kept calling him homegrown. Well, she he was calling him homegrown, and then um, I can't remember the female's name, uh, the 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 woman broadcaster, um, but she kept on calling him Holgram. So we had Holgram and Holgram. Uh, the most of the evening, and then by the second half, I guess somebody called down and said, "Hey, brought him a pronunciation even, guide." You, yeah, he, you might want to check that one more time. But he filled the stat sheet. Uh, yeah, he did a lot of things. Of course, like you said, uh, offensively, you get the you get him on the perimeter with a head full of steam. He takes one dribble uh, and a gather step, and he's at the rim. And he showed he can do that. Obviously, he affected uh, the defensive end so much. Uh, a couple foul calls I thought were questionable, especially, you know, if they were blocks. Uh, and, but five steals. I mean, five steals for yeah. a center I mean, or, or he'll power forward more likely for now. We'll see in the future. Um, but I also thought t- tonight also showed how important Josh Giddy is to running this offense especially Definitely. down the stretch and um, when OKC almost kind of just kept getting away. trapped, kept turning it over. Yeah. yeah. Another thing about Chet and I had tweeted this from the podcast account um, in the first half, the thunder elected to put Jay will on the center. Uh, I forget his name for Sacramento yeah. and put Chet on Keegan Murray, who primarily plays perimeter based basketball, which I think everybody would say that Chet's, defining skill set just on the basketball court in general is his shot blocking ability. So when you pull him away from the basket, it obviously limits his opportunities at that. I think that also kind of leads to the zero blocks on the night, but there were still, what was it? The final 30 seconds where the Kings got like three opportunities at the basket. Yep. And none of them were particularly close, even though Chet didn't get a block, just that length. Um, it's and, the Serge Ibaka stuff. It's like yeah. the Serge Ibaka rule that he's may not get all the blocks, but he's definitely altering shots. That's why you've seen so many like sky hooks in summer league already. And you don't think that's not going to happen in, in the league, a little, in, in the league a little bit this year. Of course, I was thinking about how OKC is going to be in the Northwest division where there's Nurk, and then you're going to have to play a tandem of Rudy Gobert and cat. And mm-hmm. that's going to be hell for Chet. So there's that. Um, but the amount of sky hooks and Jokic. guards, Jokic, and Jokic, is in that division yeah. Too. Jesus. yeah, so it's not, it's not going to be a great time, but it's going to be a time to learn, uh, especially on power forwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the amount of sky hooks we've already seen from point guards and guys just driving the lane because they know Chet's already there, um, is, is pretty intriguing. And so, just because he's not getting all the blocks doesn't mean he's a He's not altering tons of shots. I mean, it, it's it, it's it's tough to see what Thunder fans be 
like song game one, right? He was he was dominant, wasn't missing a shot. Six, uh, he was perfect from free from the free throw line. Tonight's the first night of, of summer league at all that he's missed a free throw. Um, he was he blocked shots and did all the cool stuff, and then scattering reports off out on him already as far as like you know just switch everything and it made it less effective especially on the perimeter players and so i think i just think you're finding a lot more about chet despite the fact that he is really unique and you can't really say he had a bad game i don't think he had a bad game yeah i think there were i think there were missed opportunities but that's what you're getting in a rookie uh this and i think it looks the way in the narrative is going to be Chet only scored, you know, single digits. And look at what uh, Keegan Murray did. He almost he almost dropped thirty. Right? Yeah. That's what the nerve is going to be. So it's going to look interesting in comparison to one another. Definitely. Um, I I think that's already kind of the the narrative after this game is Keegan played way better because he scored more points. Uh, Chet is going to be one of these guys that just impacts the game in a plethora of different ways from night to night and, and yep. like the five steals tonight, I thought were really indicative of, of his activity defensively. And that, that wingspan is just stupid. It's just ridiculous how long it, his arms are. Yeah. Check and move his feet faster. I would agree that he could, he would play small forward. Yeah. Um, let's jump into a few more guys. Uh, another player who I think really had their breakout game tonight, uh, starting at small forward, Usman Jang, 12 points on five of eight shooting, one of two from three, had seven rebounds and assist. After struggling for really all of Summer League, yeah, it was really nice. nice to see Usman kind of put everything together tonight. I mean, the ball going in the hoop just makes you look better regardless. But I thought his decision-making, I thought he was more aggressive in his attacks to the basket, uh, trying to set up teammates looked a lot more comfortable getting into his jumper. Uh, it seemed like he kind of settled down and and didn't really press the issue and, and just played within himself tonight. Yeah, I really liked what we saw from Usman. I I thought he was a, a tad bit more aggressive. Yeah, he still is like, it, I'm not saying it's soft. It's just like a weird feathery way of playing basketball mm-hmm. when you're this six foot 10 monstrosity that could dunk on dudes. Like he is muscular and I'm like, you could get above the rim. Why, why, why are you playing like this? This is, it's weird, but he, you can tell how talented he is. And he even took it at Keegan Murray a few times uh, during the game. And so well, of course, I mean, his, his his three point shot is a work in progress. This is the classic Presti mold. Oh, he Presti has opted for high IQ guys that can do a lot of things well, um, uh, specifically pass and shoot the ball well uh, as of as of late, which is an interesting move away from the prototypical. He's a raw athlete, yada yada yada. Usman Jang feels like that raw athlete, but that has some pretty good skills. And so it was good to see him do that. This step back three, uh, I was 100% not expecting that to go in. So good mm-hmm. for him. Uh, but seeing him being able to finish at the rim a lot more consistently, especially this evening was really, was really nice. I think he finished at 12 and something. Yeah. He had 12 points, uh, seven rebounds, one assist. Yeah. He had a good so, day. He, he is for his size, 
incredibly fluid. Like he had a yep. Euro step in the first half that, I mean, it looked like a six, three guy out there hitting a, hitting a Euro. It's, it's very fluid, but like you said, it, you can't describe his game as soft, but I would describe it as like non-aggressive. Yep. You know, and, and very, very it, passive way of playing back. Like it's not, it's not even passive. It's like kind of casual, you know? Yeah. Like it feels like he's left like 10 points in summer league out on the court just because he won't dunk the ba- the basketball, you know, and <laughs> you kind of wish he had a little more of like what J dub has in him. And just this, like go at the rim, go at the rim and try to dunk everything. I feel like if Usman tried to dunk everything, he would be shooting a lot more free throws and he'd yeah. have a lot more points so far. Yeah. He'd be shooting a lot of more free throws. I don't know how much more you make of him, Um, but he, I mean, he, he could rim run quite easily playing mm-hmm. the small forward uh, at 610 and with those passing abilities and skills. Uh, I mean, he could, and I think that's of course, those are the growing pains. I mean, yeah. this, this team, the positive part of Usman is he's just so young. You've yeah, got such a long runway with this kid to get him to that point. That's the thing. Josh Giddy's two months younger than Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And people need to also realize that this team, despite shade turning, I think, 25 20 he just turned 24 24 okay just turned 24 that's right because he was 23 just turned 24 like yesterday a couple days ago whatever um i mean this team is still really young yeah and they're still gonna make a lot of mistakes of course uh people need to like you know like pump the brakes a little bit on like of course the first thing they saw was in chet was that right and so that's what you immediately re- expect every night. And with Usman and the other guys and, and J-Dub, J-Will, and all those guys, they they are all players that I think could play in the next iteration of the Thunder, um, especially especially uh, a J-Dub, Jalen Williams. But I'm just, I'm just really curious to see how it all will actually end up working out. Like how many of these guys are still on the team? Because I think Jay will, will see a lot of G league minutes where I think yeah. Jay dub will see a ton of minutes just on the court. Well, not maybe a ton, but several minutes on the court for OKC. This season. I think, I think I'm with you on Jay will getting a lot of G league minutes. Um, we can talk about him just real quick. He played 18 minutes tonight was only two of eight from the field, had seven rebounds, seven points, two turnovers. His passing continues to impress me. He, he has a really good read on the game uh, and can kind of catch at that high post and, and make plays. The guy really struggles to score, though. I mean, he got blocked at the rim twice as a 6'10", power forward slash center. Yep. Uh, the jump shot doesn't look too fluid. There's there's a lot of things to work out there, and I think the G League is going to be a good place for him to do that. He takes charges, though. He does. The Nick Collison special. Let's move on to the other Jalen Williams, J-Dub. Um, started tonight at shooting guard, played primarily primary ball handler at the end with Trey Mann out. Uh, he had nearly 28 minutes, was 12 points on four of seven from the field, one of two from three, uh, had three rebounds, two assists, he struggled a little bit tonight, especially against that full court pressure. And, and that is definitely a knock and something we can talk about. But call me, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this kid yet on the show. He just, he continues to impress me because you, it sounds weird to say, but you always know when he's on the court because he's always making something happen. Uh, JD and I had this discussion out in Vegas. I, it, it was hard for me to tell whenever Houston was playing 
when Jabari Smith Jr. was on the floor versus when he was off, just because it felt like he wasn't making an impact. Mm-hmm. J-Dub just makes an impact every time he's on the court, whether it's stealing the basketball, whether it's dunking the basketball, whether it's making a good passing read, playing good defense, uh, rebounding the ball. What He just he does so many little things so well. Yeah, um, and he's he's fearless, right? He's not a rookie that is hesitant. I, I sense hesitant in Usman's in Usman's game. Um, I sense hesitance in uh, Jay Will's game. Um, I, of course, I, we don't see that in Chet's game. Um, but uh, you you also sense no hesitance in both of the guys from the WCC um, mm-hmm. from those respective from that respective conference. And that's something that's really impressive. He's, you know, he's big, he's long, he's athletic, he's thick. He can defend guys really well. I mean, he, he, he was in a jump ball situation with somebody that I, the, was, the center, uh, his name, Quintus, whatever. Yeah. yeah I don't like know. Six, six eleven center guy, but he didn't look that much shorter than him. And it may be half of it's the hair. But the other, <laughs> the other half is him. Just like it was noticeable, it's it's noticeable his athleticism. He loves to dunk the ball. Like that's a guy that I can always get behind. A guy that loves to sh- uh, shake the rim when he dunks the ball, make his presence known. First of all, on offense, and not have any hesitance on catch and shoot threes. I mean, he was presented, I think, with one or two catch and shoot threes this evening. I'll have to check the shot chart. Yeah, he was um, one of two from three and, tonight, and I. But I, and on I think on one of them, I think on only think only one of them then was a catch and shoot, and it was just bottoms of the buckets. And yeah. that's just that's the same stat you saw at Santa Clara. He was shooting over forty five percent from catch and shoot threes from the corners, and that's it's just an, it's an, it's a wild stat. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You see it. Yeah. Um, But just the fearlessness that... Just the fearlessness that he attacks the game with already uh, feels like he was he he seems like almost as a veteran presence out there uh more so than some of the other guys yeah i i was about to say i get that same vibe that he's he feels like he's been here before and that catch and shoot three you referenced there kamiar the possession before that he drove left took some contact and kind of faded and and hit kind of a, a step back fadeaway jumper didn't get the call came back down and hit a catch and shoot three right at the top of the key and just very fluid, very pretty. Yeah. The athleticism pops. Like I didn't know he had that type of explosive athleticism to him. It also helps 
that his wingspan is just ungodly long yeah. yep. and those arms just unfurl up at the rim and, and can, he can slam it. But I mean, heck that the shot late in the game, later in the game, when he is dribbling baseline and he's being, uh, he's being forced baseline and he's shooting like this off balance fadeaway jumper from just outside the paint. And it's, it's bottoms. I mean, the guy has confidence and I like it that he takes defenders off the dribble. I like he attacks and is very aggressive. He forces his opponent, whether he's on offense or on defense to play his game instead of the other way around. And that's important. Yeah, for sure. And defensively, he's just been so versatile. I mean, he was guarding, he's been guarding point guards. He guarded Jabari Smith Jr. One to four, one through four. And honestly, I could see this year in Oklahoma City. I I, I don't think he's going to start. Like, whenever everyone's healthy, he's not in the starting lineup. But I think one through four, whenever somebody is injured and going to miss a game, you can slide him in. Shays out, start J-Dub. I I personally think JRE is going to start this year at the four. If he's out, start J-Dub. If Lou Dort, who's technically playing the three, is out, start J-Dub. Like, he's just... He's this Swiss army knife that can fit in everywhere. We've seen him on ball a lot. We've seen him off ball a lot. Maybe this is a stretch and you can call me crazy. Uh, The people in the chat can call me crazy. That's okay. He's not this level of defender. Maybe he can get there. I mean, he's got a great mentor on the team. Yes. uh, The, the age coming out a little bit older in college, the, the build, the wingspan, the style of play, I get a little bit of Mikhail Bridges from J Dub. Is that how far off base is that? <laughs> Joseph was already calling me crazy. Joseph says you're crazy. Um, what's what's so what's 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 interesting about that is that um, you say you say crazy right now. Do we remember what? Mikhail Bridges looked like when he came out of college. Yeah, his rookie year. Uh, I'm actually going to pull up his stats real quick. And, and I'm not saying like that's crazy. I'm not saying that's crazy. Um, I don't think that's crazy. I think it's a stretch, right? Knowing what Mikhail Bridges is now. But if we're looking at it in a vacuum, I mean, heck, I still feel like J-Dub is more fluid with his motions than Mikhail Bridges is right now. I feel like J-Dub is better equipped with his hip switches and how fluid he is there with his foot placement. Um, it's, it, again, it's more than just athleticism. It's the way he's able to, it's a, it's the way he's able to flip his hips so quickly. It's the way he's able to uh, move his body when he's positioning himself. It's not just about how tough he defends somebody. It's the technical side too, that comes very uh, flu- fluid to him. And that's something that a lot of people just don't have. There's not a lot of fluidity with some defenders and he does it with ease right now. It looks easy for him. All right. I got some stats for you. You ready? Yeah. What was, what, what were Mikhail Bridges numbers, his rookie season and how old was he? Okay. So his rookie season, he was 22. So a year older than J dub. Okay. First Mikhail Bridges currently Weight uh, is six foot six, two hundred and ten pounds, with a seven one wingspan. Jalen Williams is six foot six, two hundred pounds, with a seven foot two wingspan. So the measurables are measurables. almost identical. Yeah, check out. Mikhail Bridges, his first year in the league, 
eight points, three rebounds, two assists, one and a half steals, and shot 33% from three on four attempts a game. That's fun. Yeah, on a rebuilding Phoenix team or, you know, just a Chris Paulless Phoenix team. Mm-hmm. I, is it crazy to think that J Dub could replicate that level of production his rookie year? Eight points, three rebounds, two assists, almost steals and blocks combined. Um, Mikhail had two a game. It was one and a half steals and half a block. 33% from three. Uh, and then this is pretty impressive. He shot 55% from two. Uh, Mikhail really not a mid-range guy at all. It's it's right at the rim or yeah, it's, it's a catch and shoot threes. threes. Yeah. And and that's the thing, right? J-Dub is like a very good 3 and D guy, but he's also a very athletic guy that will rim run at you and take yeah. shots in the mid-range. Great, great cuts. And... Um, He's going to feast off Josh Giddy back cuts. Yeah, I, I don't think that he averages eight points, um, but I think those other things are on the table. I mean, I think he's going to be a player off the bench, don't you? Oh, I think as of right now, I think he and Trey are really your sixth slash seventh man um, who are going to be coming off the bench together. Like, I could legitimately see that. With Kenny? Yeah. I think your bench is probably going to look like J Dub, Trey Mann, uh, Kenny Hustle, probably Mike Muscala, um, and maybe Aaron Wiggins. Mm. I think you're just going to have like a lot of wings out there that can that can really play. And uh, come here, maybe that leads us into our last guy that I want to talk about tonight. Aaron Wiggins played off the bench 24 minutes. He was three of six from the field for 10 points, three rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He did have three turnovers. But I want to pick your brain because I think Aaron Wiggins is having a fantastic summer league, just doing what he's supposed to do. Danny is incredibly disappointed in Wiggins. Yeah, I saw that, and, and I wanted to bring that up. I, I've i been very impressed by Aaron Wiggins. I think when we get to training camp, there's like five or six guys competing for two spots. And what I've seen from Aaron Wiggins so far, like he's earned a spot on this team over guys like tail Maladone over guys like V Krejci. Uh, like if, if it came down to like, you had to choose one of those three, I'm going Aaron Wiggins. He's been very impressive on both sides of the ball, just playing within the flow and doing what, what you ask of him. Man. I, I, I think everybody has spoken on behalf of tail Maladone, right? <laughs> um, I like Vit a lot just because he's fun. He can't defend. He's his, his body composition, especially after the injuries, mm-hmm. is is not going to work. But he's a hell of a shot maker, right? Yeah, he's uh, fun. I, I like him a lot. But he, yeah, he, I just like, I worry when the ball's about the in injury. his hand. Yeah, when the ball's in his hand, you know there's a possibility that that ball's going up, and you feel pretty confident as long as he's not taking a really dumb shot that is going in. Yeah. But with Wiggins, I feel like, again, he looks like another guy that's played in an NBA before. He's making the fundamental play. He's playing solid defense. Is he making the right assist? Like, Is he assisting the ball? Is he going to be that type of facilitator? No, that's not his game. His game is going to be, I'm going to line up in the corner. I'm going to shoot threes, or I'm going to do cutback. Uh, I'm just going to cut to the rim. Um, or uh, in transition off of off of his defense um, and rebounds and just trying to finish at the rim with layups. I mean, I, I I feel like he's a guy that, again, he's a solid defender. He might get you five five points one night, two points one night, ten points, twelve points another night. 
Um, he he's not going to be a guy that consistently scores for you, but he's going to be a guy that cons- consistently provides you energy, consistently provides you a defensive presence on the floor. I think his defense is is pretty good, especially for a guy that is coming off the bench. I mean, I I don't I don't feel like you. Sh- I don't th- Danny. I don't feel like you should be disappointed. And Wiggins, I feel like he is just playing within his game and within, honestly, within his role. I think you saw Trey Mann come out and try to play not within his role and maybe by the Thunder's ushering of him to do, say, hey, go be a playmaker. Go, go be that guy. You have the you have the keys. It's not Shea. It's not Josh. Now you've got the keys is what they did to Trey Mann tonight. And... um I think you saw what their offense looks like with that kind of with that difference, but I don't I don't think there's any disappointment to go around for uh, Andrew Wiggins, not Andrew Wiggins, uh, Aaron, Aaron Wiggins. They have both their A's, you know, whatever. Yes. I don't I don't think it's a disappointing performance. I I think he just did what he was expected of him. Yeah, he's very Kenrich Williams, JRE like, and he's a guy that's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's going to play within his role. Uh, and he's a jack of all trades guy. He can do a little bit of everything. He can defend for you. He can hit open shots. Um, he can handle the ball a little bit, especially if it's like fast break and transition. Yeah. I've just, I've been very impressed with what we've seen from him. Uh, and I think it's going to be really hard to not put him on the 15 man roster. Like yeah, I really think, hard. And, and how old is Andrew Wiggins? He's also I think he's 22, I believe. Yeah. And so like, so, so I, yeah, Danny, I agree, bro. Um, he doesn't always make the right basketball play. Uh, this team is very young and even the best players don't make the right basketball plays. And this guy just got out, you know, out of the G league, right? OKC or not, not a G league. Um, he was on, he was on a two way for a while. He was right. b- he bouncing back and forth, right. back and right. forth. And then he got the deal. And so, I mean, I agree. And I, but I also don't think that's his game as far as like making a lot of decisions. I don't think that's his game. I think his game is to go play defense on that guy, go hang out in the corner and yeah. then slide into the dunker spot when you can, that's his game. So I don't think his, his, I think he knows He's a role player, and I think he's accepted it and is embracing it. And I think that's uh, I, I don't think it, he's going to be forced to make a lot of decisions um, in the future. Definitely. I mean, you have so many guys that can handle the ball and play make on this team that you don't want to ask Aaron to do that, anyways, right? Uh, we, we talked about which this is a why, lot last which is year. why that blew that... my that blew my mind at the end of the game. I was I was thinking. And uh, I was thinking, why why is Aaron Wiggins coming up to catch the inbound pass when the Sacramento Kings were not were when they weren't double teaming when they yeah. were just like fouling? I was like, why is Aaron Wiggins coming up there and not J Dub? Yeah, well, there was what, a what moment where J Dub caught it and like dribbled it backwards towards his own hoop, and I was like. J Dub, what are you doing? This is like basketball 101, my guy. You don't jump towards your own I basket. Think and I think that's a chemistry thing, right? Like you don't yeah. like. Of course, they're all in the NBA right now. Right now, right. Um, and it's it's pretty simple to break a press coverage, but I think with the lack of, you know, fluidity, and again with the lack of rapport between your teammates, think that often is an issue. Uh, yeah. Heck, it's even it's even an issue for teams that do have that continuity with each other. 
100%. Awesome. Uh, Comey, are any other big major talking points that we have not hit on yet from this game? Don't look at the box score and look at Keegan Murray's points and look at Chet Holmgren's points and say, oh man, this is a Chet, Chet's a bust, right? You know, he's too skinny. Yeah, don't, you can't look at the box score. Uh, it doesn't tell the entire story. Again, I mean, I'm happy with the rookies that Sam Presti drafted. Obviously with Chet, it's going to take a couple years to get that body right. Uh, Giannis gained 50 pounds over the course of his career so far. Um, I'm sure he's adding more muscle to that. Uh, just get him, get, get Chet with Josh Giddy's trainer because Josh he is beefy. He's bulked up. It was yeah. very, that was very clear. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm cool. I'm very interested um, in what Dave Holmgren wore to the game tonight, because the other night my man had his ponytail flowing and some flip-flops, some jorts, and a rest-in-peace Nipsey Hustle shirt, and he instantly became my favorite Thunder Dad to date. So, You're going to date him? Oh, yeah, 100%. No, he's... And Chet's sister probably could put me in the post and give me buckets. She's like 6'6". She's a, she's a tall woman. So that whole nice. family just... Very, very tall people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight, checking out the Uncontested Podcast. If this is your first time downloading our show, thank you so much. We appreciate that. You'd go drop a five-star rating. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. That would mean the world. We will be back with you guys probably after the next Thunder game out in Vegas. I believe that is Friday night. So make sure to follow us on YouTube, all of our social channels, to keep up to date with all your Thunder stuff. We'll talk to you soon. Until then... As always, thunder up. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.